in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, sad news, bad news. Ray Liotta is dead at the age of 67. Ray Liotta, 67 years old, too young. What happened here? Uh, died in his sleep, they're saying. He was in the Dominican Republic shooting a movie. I love Ray Liotta. He was uh, in the best movie of all time, of course. Played Henry Hill in Goodfellas, directed by Martin Scorsese. And uh, I just thought he was a great guy. I never met. Well, actually, I saw him once. I just looked at him, and he looked at me. It was at a movie premiere for The Identical a couple of years ago, and I wish I had said something. But um, I don't know. I always liked him. I just found him very, very convincing. Uh, How much do I know about him? Not all that much. I did hear a podcast, and he was adopted as a baby. And um, I thought that was pretty poignant, and he talked about meeting his birth family years later. Uh, What else? He... He learned how to act in college. He just kind of happened into it. He wanted to meet girls, and there was some girl he liked, and he went to an audition or something like that, and then he became a terrific actor. Oh, and something else he said. He didn't take it too seriously. He he recognized the privilege of acting, and he said, you know, really, what are we doing here? We're playing make-believe. We're playing pretend. So do me a favor at this point. Do we have the Ray Liotta sound? Anything from uh, Goodfellas or is it? Okay, uh, my favorite movie of all time. Go ahead. Today everything is different. There's no action. I have to wait around like everyone else. Can't even get decent food. <laughs> right after I got here, I ordered some spaghetti with marinara sauce and I got egg, egg noodles, noodles and, and ketchup. ketchup. I'm an average nobody. I get to live the rest of my life, life like, like a, a schnook. schnook. Great. That's the end of the movie. The end of Goodfellas. Uh, Ray Liotta, Henry Hill, has uh, is now in the witness relocation program, protection program. <laughs> oh, gosh, I love that line. Get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. But he loved the life. He still loves the life. Wow. I'm sorry. Let me just get a little bit more. Ray Liotta, is anybody else affected by this? I think this is terrible. 67, too young. New York Post, Ray Liotta, the actor known for groundbreaking roles in classic movies such as Goodfellas and Field of Dreams, which, by the way, I never saw. I have no interest in that baseball movie. Died in his sleep while filming a movie in the Dominican Republic. 67 years old, Liotta, who also had roles in movies including Something Wild, Marriage Story, and No Sudden Move, had been filming the upcoming flick Dangerous Waters on the island before he passed away, according to Deadline and TMZ. His cause of death and other details were not immediately known. On Thursday, uh, Leota leaves behind a daughter, Carson, and was engaged to be married to podcaster J.C. Natolo. Anybody know anything about her? Wow. I just, I'm, I'm really surprised. It just, you think these guys are going to be around forever. He, he uh. Let me take a look at J.C. Natolo. I never heard of her, but, oh, all kinds of nice pictures of her. She's beautiful. And Ray Liotta, them together. I remember seeing him on the Johnny Carson show back, actually, when it was Johnny Car- No, it was it was in the mid-'90s. It was it was Jay Leno. And for whatever reason, they asked him his age, and he was, he was 43. He said, I'm 43. How did he talk? He kind of talked like, uh, you know, the story, the way you tell the story. It's It's funny. 
No, funny how is the story. How you tell it. Hey, did we get that interview of uh all right, here he is talking a little bit about uh well whatever. Go ahead. There was Jimmy well, more from the movie. But that's okay. Let me hear it again. There was Jimmy and Tommy and me, and there was Anthony Stabile. How you doing? Frankie Carbone. And then there was Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy. And his guys, Frankie the Wop, Freddie No-Nos, and then there was Pete the Killer, who was Sally Balls' brother. Yeah, it's great stuff. I'm going to, I was watching this movie just the other night. I was watching it just, actually, no. I had my sling, which is a way you can watch TV on your phone, and I was going running, and I was listening to this movie. It's one of those movies you can watch no matter when you are, no matter when it is, no matter where you are. You'll sit down and blow an hour and a half <laughs> watching the movie. And I'm just listening. Remember that part when they're in the the, the uh, Joe Pesci's mother's house and they kill the guy and he's in the back of the car? I'm just listening. Well, now, what do I have here? Oh, paperwork. Okay. Nothing terribly relevant. Do me a favor. See if you can find an interview with him. I don't know why this affects me so much. I mean, I, he was not a family member or anything like that. I, All right. I'm going to put that aside. Ray Liotta, dead at the age of 67 years old. Want to keep our eye on Texas because, well, we don't know. We love our law enforcement, right? They're fantastic, right? Yet there may not have been an effective response to the mass school shooting in Texas. Uh, we're hearing reports that a significant amount of time lapsed between when the cops got there and when this mass murderer was ultimately taken care of, put down by the cops. 40 minutes, that's a long time. Setting up a perimeter, setting up security. I'm sorry, you're supposed to run in the building with your guns. If the building door is locked, you figure out, a, you go through it. You don't wait for somebody to show up at the keys. Now, again, we don't have all the facts. We don't have all the information. We do have some serious questions. And there's a video out there that's gone viral. It shows parents showing up at the school, being kept out of the school because, uh, well, it's dangerous. And But they're pleading with the cops, it seems, to go in there, to go into the school. And was there perhaps too much emphasis on safety, even safety for the cops? Uh, part of the job is exposing yourself to risk. I want to know more. And this was one of the big lessons learned after Columbine. So Columbine, you know what they did? They waited for the city SWAT team, and then they had to wait for the county SWAT team, and then the state SWAT team showed up, and they set up a big perimeter. Let's just rush in because the cops aren't doing anything like they're supposed to. This is in a Uvalde parent, as quoted to the Associated Press. Did the cops not rush? The cops are supposed to. They are. Again, that was the big law enforcement lesson learned in the aftermath of, of um, a Columbine. But there have been other moments where we've seen that law enforcement may have been too cautious. And one of those moments may have been the Pulse nightclub shooting. When was that? In 2016, I think, the summer of? The nightclub in Orlando, Florida. Primarily a gay clientele. Big dance scene. And the cops show up and don't go inside. Ultimately, they broke down a wall with a bulldozer. But it was hours later. 
And I remember raising this issue at the time, and I remember some of the people, the families were very troubled. But you couldn't really talk about it, or there were people who didn't want to talk about because it seemed to raise questions about law enforcement. Well, sometimes you got to ask tough questions. You know, we love law enforcement, but everybody can be better. And one thing, one casualty of Black Lives Matter and trying to cancel cops and trying to rewrite everything, law enforcement has not been able to focus on excellence, fine-tuning their their trade, their craft, their professionalism. No, it's all about survival right now, not getting sued, you know, playing defense all the time. I think this might be another casualty of Black Lives Matter madness. Black Lives Matter madness. Wow. A lot we don't know. Uh, hey, hold on. Oh, sometimes people in my life, I notice they are, they just jump all over themselves to give me bad news. They just can't wait to present me bad news. I got a couple of folks in my life like that. Don't call during the radio show, I'll tell them. Don't call, don't call me during the radio show. Call, please, during the radio show. Yikes. Anybody else choked up about Ray Liotta? I don't want to say I'm choked up, but I'm really surprised. Ray Liotta doesn't feel real. Dennis, did you know him? I didn't know him, but I met him a few times downtown Brooklyn. I was uh, walking a foot post. What a gentleman. Took a picture of him. He was unbelievable. Very humble, humble guy. This is like in uh, 90, I know, 99. But anyway, I didn't realize he was 67. Oh, my God. What does that seem dead, old? Does dead. that does that seem old or young? It's definitely no, young to he, die. I thought he was. I thought he was. No, I know young to die. I didn't realize he was because he looked so young when I saw him. But I'm just saying, I'm sure today I wouldn't think he was 67. But I was yeah. just saying. And was, you know, when I saw him, I barely recognized him because he looked older than I thought he would. This was in whenever the identical came out, which is a movie about an Elvis Presley type character, and he played the father, I think. So um, that's uh, that's. Oh, I just can't get over that. I just. Uh, he was also in a, okay, can I, all right, all right. I need a few more things. Do we get the interview yet? And do we have my sound from yesterday? Good. Let me hear a little bit of his interview. I've always regarded you as a major American actor. I love you on screen. You have a compelling presence. In fact, you can't take your eyes off a scene when, if Ray Liotta's in it. You never became a superstar, but your incredible presence Larry as a King, character right? actor. And so I asked that once of another actor, and he said, the proudest thing you could call me is a character actor. Yeah, How do you I feel? would go for Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to look. It's just, it's just when I started, my first mo- I did my first movie when I was 31 years old in 1986. At that time, I, didn't ne- I never wanted to be an actor. When, when I, I graduated high school in 73, when I decided I wanted to do acting in college, it was the 70s type movies. The, you were at the University of Miami, At right? the University of Miami. But the movies of the 70s were great, and I aspired towards that because that's what, what my learning was. And I always thought that you were supposed to do different parts. At that time, I didn't know, and maybe it was the representatives that I had, they they let me flounder a little. I mean, even after Field of Dreams and Goodfellas, my third and fourth movie, 
I didn't just shoot out and and because after Goodfellas, I said, all right, why play that? I did a movie uh, about the VA hospital. It was a heart surgeon called Article 99. I thought, well, well, you play uh, that guy, then you do something different. After Something Wild, my first movie, I played a medical student in, in this movie called Dominic and Eugene with Tom Hulse. He was just great in it. Uh, so I thought it was about trying and not setting some sort of, of, of the way it is now. It's much more of a product. Huh. Very interesting. I totally agree with him about movies from the 70s. They're great. You know why? No, no CGI, no cartoons, just real stuff and people talking. And it was a lot on the actors. They had to emote. They had to do stuff. Now, I'm not sure what his prop, what, what's he talking about there is his issue with uh, agents, I guess, uh, he wanted to try more varied roles, and I guess they wanted to possibly, what, pigeonhole him? He played a little bit of everything. He played the cop. He played the gangster. He played, uh, yeah, the baseball player. Uh, he played uh, lots of stuff. Um, I, I I don't know why it is that I'm, like, totally, I, I no particular, I don't know, that movie was so good. And in, in a weird way, I empathized with the character Henry Hill in Goodfellas. You know, he was a reasonable guy. You know, he had, he took sympathy, he had pity for Maury. Remember? Maury's wigs don't fall off. And he was like, come on, you owe Jimmy Conway money, pay him. You don't want to be a jerk, come on. What are you going to do, get into a war with Jimmy Conway? <laughs> I didn't know you looked bored. I thought you weren't going to show up. Mike has something to say about Ray Liotta. Mike, and then I got to take a break. How you doing, Greg? Uh, great show as always. Um, I'm 68, and I had the pleasure of meeting Ray, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago. And uh, humble, class act uh, uh, young man, young man. Uh, and it is too young. He's too young. And I did call about six months ago, Greg, to your show. My dad uh, worked and was a manager at that uh, Grand Union supermarket in Green Garden City. Um, and we spoke about that a little. Oh, that's but, right. Uh, I used to steal the shopping carts from Grand Union. <laughs> I was across the street. We did the food basket. We took your wagons. Some of the wagons were unmarked. There was a little bit of a territorial thing. That was interesting. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Uh, yeah, it's kind of creepy also when people start dying who are younger than you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'll leave you with this, Greg. Um, you know, our country's going down the tubes. Another, another you know, a disaster in Texas. And, uh, you know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to me to be the kind of country I knew when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, it's not even close to it, hey, you know? come on, man. You're, re- you're old enough to remember the 1960s, right? I mean, everything we're blowing up this country, blowing it up. Literally. I still say it's better off than we were in the late sixties, early seventies, hijacking planes every two minutes, assassinations all the time. This is a crazy time. And it's an important time, but anyway. Hey, thanks, Mike. I got to take a quick break. We'll return momentarily. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. I'm going to come back to Ray Liotta. Dead at the age of 67. Now back to the uh, horrible shooting. Now, one thing, though, that no one's talking about, actually. AOC says... AOC and everybody else going on and on and on about how uh, this is this is what white men do. This is what angry white men do. There's a war on angry white men. Now, what does it matter what silly dingbat AOC says? Because she is a silly dingbat, but unfortunately, she's extremely important. She is the 
heart and soul of the Democrat Party right now. She has one of the biggest social media followings. I think she has the biggest in all of Congress, which shouldn't mean anything, but it means everything these days. And there's a damn good chance she's going to be on the ticket in 2024, either on the top of the ticket or on the bottom of the ticket. And she will be old enough. She'll be old enough to be president of the United States. You only have to be 35 years old. So she was going on about how white men are responsible and uh, it's all white supremacy, overlooking the fact, obviously, that this uh, latest shooter happens to be of Hispanic heritage. And we can show you this is not this is not about race. Really never is. Hatred is blind in, in a way to race. And sometimes, yes, they are motivated by racial ideology. It's all horrific. But to pick on one subset, one group, and say it's all about that. She also said something interesting that really caught my attention. Uh, the LGBTQ community, they never do things like this. The LGBTQ community uh, are never engaged in in mass shootings. Well, tonight I'm going to show you about 50 examples of LGBTQ carrying out some of the uh, most heinous crimes ever. Now, that does that mean LGBTQ are more likely? No, it also doesn't mean that white people are more likely or black people are more likely, okay? Stop talking like that. It's driving everybody apart. If people are at each other's throats and you're not talking about the real issues. But to prove my point, yes, I will show you LGBTQ serial killers, mass murderers. In fact, one of the most notorious crimes in the 20th century was committed by somebody on the LGBTQ spectrum. Actually, a little bit of everything. Remember Dog Day Afternoon? Attica, Attica, Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino. Well, it was based on a true story. A guy named John Vodovich robbed a bank one summer afternoon in Brooklyn. And this guy happened to be gay. Guess what he wanted the money for? To pay for a sex change operation for his husband who wanted to be a woman. Talk about LGBTQ, right? Now, all kinds of people rob banks for all kinds of reasons. But for one of the most important people, sadly, AOC in America... To come forward and say this is about white men and LGBTQ never do these kinds of things? Well, that's flat out wrong. That's fake news. Hey, a serial killer who happens to be a transgender woman, born a man, a biological man, was just arrested a couple of weeks ago in Brooklyn. Remember that? Do you, I know a lot of things kind of blend together these days, but a serial killer who killed a woman in the 1960s got out of jail, then killed another woman in the 1980s, got out of jail a couple of years ago, and just killed another woman, allegedly. This guy's in his 80s, or this woman is in his 80s. Transgender. You know that song, I Don't Like Mondays? Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Something like that, right? It is a song by the Boomtown Rats. Now, where the hell do they get? Nobody likes Mondays. Actually, I'm okay with Mondays. I am, actually. I'm okay. We can talk about that later. But this uh, it was a mass murderer in California. She happens to be lesbian. She's still in jail. But in the late 1970s, because she was having a bad day, she opened fire on a school from her house across the street from the school. She did. You can look it up. And the reason she gave the cops, well, why'd you do it? She said, I don't like Mondays. And that kind of became famous for a bit. Let me see here. I don't like Mondays. 
shooter, one of the original school shooters in America, the Cleveland Elementary School shooting in San Diego, was waged by somebody who happened to be on the LGBTQ spectrum. Now, that doesn't mean LGBTQ spectrum people are more likely to... It also doesn't mean that white men are. Okay? Fair enough, fair enough. The Cleveland Elementary School shooting is a school shooting that took place on January 29, 1979, at a public elementary school in San Diego, California. The principal and a custodian were killed. Eight children and a police officer were injured. A 16-year-old girl, Brenda Spencer, who lived in a house across the street from the school, was convicted of the shootings. Charged as an adult, she pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon and was sentenced to life in prison with a chance of parole after 25 years. Well, this is why it's fresh on my mind. She uh, was up for parole not too long ago, denied it, uh, is a uh, out lesbian, and that's fine. But uh, no, AOC, you're wrong about people. You're wrong about everything. You're wrong about economics. You're wrong about politics. You're wrong about sociology, and you're wrong about this, too. Give me a moment. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, here's another uh, cancel culture victim. The word chief, chief. We got rid of Indians. We got rid of Redskins. And now chief, chief will be going away. Chief, uh, chief financial officer, chief of police. Um. That's going away because it's politically incorrect. In San Francisco, they're actually they're actually illegalizing the word or they're taking it off, you know, city uh, bureaucratic handbooks and that kind of thing. No longer will there be a chief of police. They're going to call him what the administrator of police. No, stick with chief, chief, a cab driver just the other day said, hey, what's up there, chief? What's up there, chief? I didn't mind it. I kind of liked it. All right, chief, here you are. I loved it. Every now and then, a bartender, not that I drink anymore, but they used to call me boss. Hey, boss, I love it. It's kind of a term, it's affection. Chief, what's up there, chief? What's up there, chief? Call me chief. They're going to get rid of that. Ridiculous. Hey, remember the, uh, I told you about a serial killer who happened to be a transgender woman? Well, that doesn't happen, does it, AOC? LGBTQ people don't commit acts of violence. Yes, they do. Not to disparage the LGBTQ community in general. But if you want to put blinders on and pretend that certain people are better than others because of their sexual orientation, well, you're hideous for thinking such a thing. And here we go. Are you ready? An 83-year-old serial killer who spent the bulk of her life behind bars for killing two ex-girlfriends is being eyed in the murder of another woman whose dismembered body turned up in Brooklyn last week. The New York Post has learned. This was written back in March. Harvey Marcelin, who identifies as a transgender woman, was charged last week with concealment of a human corpse after she was allegedly caught on surveillance video dumping human remains near her apartment, according to sources and court records. A human head was found in Marcelin's home in Cypress Hills. The grisly case unfolded last week when the torso of Susan Layden, 68, was recovered from an abandoned shopping cart at the corner of Pennsylvania and Atlantic Avenues, less than a block from Marceline's apartment. Yikes. Got a picture here of uh, Harvey Marceline. Again, born a man, 
surgically became a woman, transgender, and that affords so many new rights and privileges and status, right? Nah, just a human being like everybody else, and, uh, you know, most are pretty decent. Some are pretty hideous. Some are okay. I don't know. It's human beings, flawed but capable of greatness. But this one, capable of horrible evil, it looks like. The twice-convicted killer could face fresh murder charges. The octogenarian spent more than 50 years in state prison on murder and manslaughter convictions dating to 1963. The rap stemmed from the April 18, 1963 shooting death of her live-in girlfriend, Jacqueline Bonds, inside the couple's Manhattan apartment. Um, Marceline snapped, shooting Bond three times when she said she was leaving her. Marceline was sentenced to 20 years to life the same year, but was freed on lifetime parole in May of 1984. The killer was free for less than a year before she was busted again. I keep saying she. Keep in mind, this is a biological male. Busted again for fatally stabbing another live-in girlfriend, stuffing her body into a bag she dumped on the street near Central Park. She was convicted of first-degree manslaughter in that case in 1986. Manslaughter? (laughs) How do you get this down to manslaughter? Manslaughter. And sentenced to 6 to 12 years in prison. Marceline was denied parole several times, admitted at one hearing she had a problem with women. Yeah, you think? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, She was released from upstate Cayuga Correctional Facility in late 2019 and turned around and killed again. Oh, on the LGBTQs. How how about that? Hey. With all that's going on, why does this why does the fake news continue to pretend that Joe Biden is doing anything remotely close to a decent job as president? I heard this. Listen to this little they're swooning over him. Cut 50. Biden trying to channel the nation's anger, the nation's uh, frustration with this new shooting, acting as we so often see during crises like these in the country as a sort of consoler in chief. This has been one of the things that President Biden has done going back to his days in the Senate. Uh, the, the counselor in chief, the consoler in chief on a day like today playing the role of consoler in chief twice in less than two weeks an emotional president biden assumed the role of consoler in chief yet again tonight stop saying that consoler in chief he stinks at it remember when he looked at his watch he looked at his watch when those bodies were coming off the plane and oh by the way i guess you shouldn't be saying chief anyway you politically correct reporters don't you know you're offending the native american community and especially the the civic government in San Francisco. You can't say that anymore. All right. Can I hear how consoling Joe Biden was in the aftermath of this shooting? Listen to this, how how comforting he is, how gentle and how he just says exactly the right things. Can we hear that? Joe Biden, the, the consoler in chief, cut 49. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done, what in God's name do you need a solvent for except to kill someone? Deer aren't running through the 
for us with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. Where in God's name is our backbone? Hey, hey, do me stop doing that. I think you're not supposed to do that, actually. Talk about God in such a manner. Like an angry punctuation mark, right? Hey, when he came out and speak about to speak about this, I told you he, he the very first thing was about him. When I became president, all about me. Hey, let's skip down to Beta one more time. Looks like he made a fatal, fatal political mistake. So the governor of Texas is Greg Abbott. I like him a lot. He's been on my show several times. Do you know he's in a wheelchair? It's the kind of thing you can easily forget. Um, a lot of people don't even know. I've interviewed. I interviewed him like six times before I realized he was in a wheelchair. He had a terrible accident back in the 80s. A tree hit him when he was jogging, and uh, he can't walk. But kind of like FDR, a lot of people don't know. Not that they're deliberately keeping a secret, but he doesn't talk about it all that much. But he was saying, I believe, all the right things. You just heard Angry Joe. No, this is this is a much better approach. Cut 42, please. To say the least, Uvalde has been shaken to its core. Families are broken apart. Hearts are forever shattered. All Texans are grieving with the people of Uvalde, and people are rightfully angry about what has happened. Events like this, they tear at the fabric of a community. Our job is to ensure that the community is not going to be ripped apart. Well, I think that was very appropriate, very moving. And then uh, Beto shows up. Can I hear how this goes down, please? Uh, Cut 43. Uh, For victim services. Uh, Has a phone number available for all victims. And candidly, the entire community, in a way, is a victim here. And I was provided their number to give out to you publicly. This is the number for the district attorney's office for victim services. Stay with it. Stay with it. 830-278-278. Two nine. All right. Here comes Beto. And at this time, I will uh, pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. I do not like this. Shooting is right now, and you are doing nothing. No. This is the place to talk to this over. This is totally predictable when you... Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. I'm sure you're out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. You're done, Beto. It's on a like you. Why don't you get out of here? You're done, Beto. All the cameras are on him. What a pig. He's a pig. Beto O'Rourke. Now, keep in mind, the guy who's speaking so eloquently and movingly, that's Governor Abbott. Beto is campaigning for his job. He is a declared Democrat gubernatorial candidate in Texas. So that was the rankest political stunt we've ever seen. I mean, really, really bad. That community is grieving. He runs in there. And, I, I you know, I, I'm hearing from people, by the way, oh, Beto, you know, he's speaking truth to power. 
truth to power. What does that even mean? Shut up with that stuff. All those good old boys with their cowboy hats. I'm like, oh, yeah? What's wrong with wearing a cowboy hat? Is there something wrong with that in Texas? You know, let me t- let's go through Beto. How pri- what a privileged punk this is. Two terms in Congress. Two terms. That's four years total. And he's running around making a spectacle out of himself like he's R.F. Kennedy. Right? Two terms. And then he loses against Ted Cruz. Now, by the way, that's a winnable race. I like Ted Cruz. A lot of people don't like Ted Cruz. That was probably a winnable race. He loses. What does he take that loss? He goes and he runs for president of the United States, boasting that he's, I'm born for this. You know what he's born for? Well, he's a rich kid, by the way, and he went to prep school. The last big job he had was, uh, before politics, being a nanny. No kidding. He was a nanny on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. A nanny. Uh, I love nannies, but nannies should not be men. Nannies are women. Okay, period. Is that sexist? I don't care. Um, And that's it. Talk about privilege. Talk about, just can't imagine it. Two terms. That's what Obama did, by the way. You know, zero to hero in eight seconds. You too can be president. So we got all kinds of people like this running around. What he really is known for, by the way, is using profanity in public. And listen to how the crowd eats it up. You'll hear here, we bleep it out, but he uses the F word. And this is, uh, you know, this is what makes him cool. It's funny. This is what makes comedians funny. It doesn't, the F word. And this is what makes politicians relatable. No. Uh, cut 45, please. In every single part of Texas, all of you, show the country how you do this. He said the F word. Woo! He said the F word. And they went nuts. They went nuts. I think he's uh, finished in Texas. Finished. There was a guy right after lost his daughter. By the way, all the children happened to be Hispanic. All the children killed. One girl was white. And they were just so beautiful. Really, all of them have such a... Just, it's children all children are beautiful my god and um we're having a silly conversation about this to avoid having an important one like i talked about yesterday very few are daring to have it psychotropic drugs it says right on the bottle violence can result suicidal ideations can result well what about homicidal ideations we have tens of millions of people in this country on these drugs and 30 years ago they weren't children were not being prescribed like this i think they're being over prescribed uh, Bernie's on the phone in Staten Island. Yes, Bernie. Uh, Greg, this is Bernie on Staten Island. Yeah, we established that. I, I have to ask you a question. Who the hell is Ray, you know, what's his name, Kyoto, Kyoto, the one you were talking about? Yeah. Who, who is he? Well, he just died, and he happened to be a great actor. I don't know if you were listening to the show. You seem to be a little bit perturbed that we're talking about a topic that you have no interest in. Bernie, uh, I see you've been on hold for 48 minutes to tell me this. You could have Googled it in the meantime or listened, and you would have known a little bit more about Ray Liotta. So uh, moving on from you, Bernie, I'll go to Pat in the Bronx. Hello, Pat. Hey, Greg, my main man, I mean my main person, uh, I wanted to just remind you, in case you hadn't seen the show with Ray Liotto and Jennifer Lopez, Shades of Blue, it was on TV a few years back, yes. three seasons, fantastic series, 
I, I tuned in to watch Jennifer, of course, but I was blown away with Ray. He played a, a dark, evil cop, but a great role. Yeah, he did play a couple of bad cops. He was in the movie Copland with Sylvester Stallone. I did not like that movie at all. It was a total misrepresent- misrepresentation of cop culture. Did not like that movie, but I liked him, and I liked Stallone. Hey, here's uh, Ray Liotta getting arrested. Sorry, Bernie. <laughs> this is Ray Liotta getting arrested at the end of Goodfellas by somebody you might know. Go ahead. Today, everything is different. No! There's no one- the one where he's getting arrested. We ha- we talked about this. No? You guys figuring it out? Going to get back to me eventually? All right, give it a shot. Go. Please, please, don't you move your m- I'll blow your brains out. Shut the car up slowly. It's, it's Bo Deedle. For a second, I thought I was dead. But when I heard all the noise, I knew they were cops. Only cops talk that way. Oh, you. All right. And then <laughs> Bo Deedle says, don't freaking move. It doesn't say freaking. Anyway, just 67 years old. It's bad news. Very bad. Is there any good news going on? Anything fun? Uh, Memorial Day weekend. That's going to be great. We're not off on Monday. I'll be reporting to you live from another state. I'm going to Florida tomorrow, and I am so looking forward to it. I'll be leaving right after the show. I will be seeing the Top Gun movie. I'm sorry I didn't see it the other night. Uh, I'll see it either tomorrow or early Saturday. I'll let you know if it's worthwhile. But if you're inclined to go see it, go see it. I remember seeing the first one with my dad. At the Westbury uh, Movie Theater, Westbury, the old one, not the multiplex where you got 55 under one roof, but it was a great moment. He liked that movie more than I did. I'm really looking forward to the new one. Oh, uh, out of time. Be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, we're back with a special guest. Don't worry about a thing. Take that microphone right there, a little bit closer to you. Veronica Kelly, my mother just walked in with lunch. I hope. How are you? A little bit closer to the... <laughs> You're on the air. Well, I'm a little startled. <laughs> oh, well, I do. I'm, so am I. You didn't say you were coming, although I said you could come anytime. Yes, and I understand others have been here, and I wanted to see the operation. I. All right, I know what got under your skin. <laughs> My it wife's, pa- the in-laws, my in-laws, my wife's parents came, similar to you, unannounced, just walked around the joint, and you, you know, you, you feel like... I said to myself, self, <laughs> you've got to go in and check things out. So what do you think of the operation so far? Well, it's very cool, literally. Yeah. It's very cool, and uh, it's it's interesting, and you have so many nice people here. Everybody greeted me so well. What's wrong? Nothing, nothing. You just balance something. What? What's wrong? Are you I cold? Thought you, I thought you were repositioning my hair. And oh, I, no, you look great. I mouth that it wasn't TV, so. I know that. I was not saying anything. <laughs> well, all right. Here we are, Mother Son. Here we are. And I understand you have some reservations about uh, some of my opinions on the radio. And the radio is is fine. I find it a tad aggressive. A tad aggressive. <laughs> this is the world of talk radio. Well, Shock jock. <laughs> hey, why do I have such an echo, by the way? There we go. All right. So uh, so the radio you're pretty much okay with? Y- yes. Yes. And then the other the other content? Well, I like the TV very much, very much. And uh, many of my friends watch and admire how you look and your ties and 
all of that. My and, ties and, my, and what about the content? The stuff and I'm, wait a second, I was getting to the content and how you're one of the only ones, if not the only one, that really is saying like it is like it is. Yeah. If that came out correct. Um, no, it's it's wonderful. Keeping it real. Very real. And uh, that brings us to Twitter. Yes, it does. And I definitely am not a fan of Twitter and I don't think it's healthy and I don't think it's good for you. I don't think it's good for anyone. And I don't even want to hear it, Greg. You're looking <laughs> up something. I just no. I, I what's the issue? Well, what did I tell you last night? Oh, you said it was a stress relief. Or something. It is actually. Well, I would figure out a different stress relief. I simply don't see any purpose or any benefit whatsoever. Right. And I'd really rather not discuss okay, just it. Just one thing. One especially thing, on air. <laughs> Every if I want to. Tell off some official in, in, say, Texas. This is the best way to do it. You are on TV and you are on the radio. Yes, but I'm angry. You know, like sometimes I'm not on the radio. I'm not on TV, but I am angry. I got to take care of it right then and there. Very few get to take care of impulses right then and there. <laughs> I just, all right. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm serious. I, as you can tell. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, uh, sorry. I'm an adult and uh, I don't report to you anymore, although I do love you very much. Well, I'm glad for that. And um, no, as an adult, you have to report to yourself. That's right. I'm the boss. And you have to take all things it's, into consideration. When I got married, I said two things. One, I do. Two, I'm the boss. <laughs> That's from the honeymooners. Don't worry. I didn't say that. I wouldn't uh, imagine. <laughs> all right. Um, anything else? Uh, hey, by the way, you're a Brooklyn-born native. Yes, I am. What hospital? That I don't remember. I really don't. I thought I don't you were think... my momities. Um, you know, it but you wouldn't been, remember that, by the way. Uh, yes, yeah, it's not exactly. on you. Exactly. What I do remember from family lore is how I was taken from the hospital by my parents to Island Park directly. You know, we lived in Brooklyn, but we had a summer place, and I was born at the end of July. And my father held a mirror to my mouth because I was the third child, and I was the first one. That from the day they brought me home, slept through the night, and they were worried that something had happened to me. So, um, I know that feeling when a baby is so still. Yes, you know, yes. I usually just, you know, poke it a little bit and see what <laughs> get a mirror. No, I think that's. Um, well, I mean, you know, I got to know right now if they're alive or not. Well, he was looking for breath, obviously. And yeah, thank no, God. I, I admire his. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I know I need to know right away. Like a lot of things, that's uh, the way it works. All right. Well, let's see. Are we out of time? We are pretty much out of time. What's the plan for the rest of the day? How's Dad? He's wonderful, and uh, we're going to do a little shopping. And um... is he uh, available? Because I'd love to get him on the radio for the next. He was on the TV show last night. He did right. a great job. We're talking about Ray Kelly, of course. My father, your husband. What was yes. it like being married to him? A privilege. Oh, seriously. It was a, it is, an enormously fascinating journey that we've had. Yeah, and I'm very happy. You very knew him happy. when he was uh, just a cop, and I know you I don't like. I knew him when we, he was a lifeguard, and I don't like the word cop. as I call them c words. <laughs> it's a thing, actually. I mean, we prefer you always did, and it's a thing. Police officer is the formal and appropriate term. For me, for sure. Yes, and for plenty of other people. Even Donald Trump made that observation once. Well, Mom, thanks for rolling with it. <laughs> well, I love you. You know that. And uh, proud of you. Oh. 
And as soon as you divorce yourself from Twitter, I'll be all the more happier. All right. We'll see. We'll talk. Love you. Be right back, everybody. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great to have my mom in the studio. My dad was a guest yesterday. Thank you, WABC, for treating them both so very, very nicely. Thank you, Kevin, everybody. Um, Boy, she really does not like the Twitter thing, huh? (laughs) She was not playing around. I could not get her. Nope, nope. I understand that, Joe. She's, I understand. But look, I enjoy it. It's harmless. And um, it's just like Trump, right? Didn't they give him a hard time about his Twitter? It's okay, everybody. We got, it's a way to get the word out. It's a, you know, it's like going to a Yankee game and yelling your head off for your team and making fun of the other team, all right? That's what you're supposed to do at the ball game if you're a real fan. Then you can go to the executive suites and hang out and eat sushi. I've done that, too. But, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Every, we're, we're allowed to do it. And um, I'm leaving. moving on from my mother. I noticed that you can be as caustic and, and, and aggressive and even vicious if you're on the left. And for the most part, nobody has a hard time with that. But if you dare have a little bit of uh, you know boldness from the right, then they try to write you off as some sort of hate monger and this, that, and the other thing. Double standard, and um, that's wrong. But that's life. That's life. Hey, talk about double standards. AOC, I told you she was crazy. Um, and... W- Again, it's not just some random congresswoman. Who cares? Most of these people are nuts. But she's got real power. No seniority in the House or anything like that, but real power in America. She is the heart and soul of the Democrat Party. She's probably going to be the Democrat nominee either at the top or the vice presidential spot in 2024 or 2028. We'll see. There's a real chance, I hate to say it, that she could be president. And she's an imbecile. She knows absolutely nothing. And sometimes if you listen to her, every now and then she'll even acknowledge that she knows nothing. Let's see here. Cut 78. You know, she plays with the phone all day long. That's what she does. She plays with the phone, posting videos. 78, please. Cut 78. It's frustrating for me being a part of this. And I don't want to be one of those ding-dongs that just tells you to vote harder. Um because the solution's a lot bigger than that. And it's going to take a lot more of us and from us to fix this. Um, go back to the ding-dong part. Yeah. Stick with that. Let's see. Cut 76, please. The thing is, is like it's not, it's not just gun violence. There's so many different areas and issues where all of us agree, if not all, an overwhelming amount of us agree and Congress still can't get their shit together. It's really hard, and it's super frustrating. Well, try putting down the phone and screwing around with these dopey videos and make appointments with the people on the other side of the aisle. Actually try to do what you were sent there to do. Actually try it. Work together. Try it. Ain't going to do it because, you know what, it takes too much work. It might not succeed. You'll have to sweat it out. You won't be able to make videos nonstop. And why do any of that when you can be on the cover of Time magazine for just being a pretty girl? And that's what she gets. 
Entirely too much credit for being a pretty girl. You know, nothing against pretty girls or pretty boys or ugly people or whatever. Fat, it's not about what you look like. Too often in America, though, it is. Too often. You know, AOC got to the Congress. She ran in 2018, beat that guy Crowley, who never should have let this happen, by the way. It's kind of on him. Took his eye off the ball big time. Crowley, we have you to thank for this. Otherwise, pretty good guy from Queens. Let this person beat her in a primary? Yep, he did. Anyway, what am I getting at? Uh, Oh, yeah, she got to the Congress the same year. Oh, shoot, now I can't think of her name. HHS Secretary from Florida, University of Wisconsin Chancellor, Bill Clinton, uh, cabinet appointee, What the hell was her name? She was about 75 years old, had incredible experience in and out of government. And she was beaten after one term. Nobody knew about her. Nobody ever talked about her. But she knew what she was doing. Does anybody know the name of this person? It's driving me crazy. Wisconsin Chancellor chancellor sorry about this folks but i gotta get this uh, donna shalala donna shalala donna shalala actually knows what she's talking about she may be wrong she may be a liberal but she has some experience she has some common sense she has a lot of knowledge and who was on the cover of time magazine not donna shalala why not well she's 75 and old and a little bit plump and in america that doesn't mean anything but show me a Show me an attractive person without an idea or experience to their credit. Give them a phone. Give them an Instagram account. And you can give them the illusion of contribution. You can give them the illusion of productivity. Oh, look at me. Look at me. Let's see here. AOC made another thing, and this is where she's in real, well, not real trouble, but it's just so blatantly wrong. Cut 77, please. As we try to evolve out of a world that is predatory on women, gay, non-binary, and trans people, because traditional regressive, you know, patriarchal values really create like men's identity and uplift men's identity in relation to other things, in relation to like how women treat them, how much stuff they have, etc. What? Patriarchal. Is there something wrong with fathers? That's patriarchal is a um, is another word for a family where there's a father. Is there something wrong with that? I'll tell you something. There ain't nothing wrong with that. There's a lot that's good with that. And you want a lesson in that? Go look up Barack Obama's Father's Day speech from 2008. And she seems to think that people who are LGBTQ are not capable of acts of violence. Well, we just went through the uh, the serial killer in Brooklyn. We went through the mass murderer in San Diego. Um, there are all kinds. Hey, by the way, did you see the video from the subway? The crazy guy who grabs the woman by the hair. By the hair. Pulls hair. When's the last time you saw somebody pull hair Um, and you weren't in fourth grade pulling somebody's hair? 
he or she, because I can't tell for sure, it's one of those transgender situations, I believe, looks like a guy, but they're wearing women's clothes on the subway, raging around like a nut, grabs a woman's hair, pulls her all over the train. And I noticed that not one of the guys did something. Because this patriarchy stuff, oh, patriarchy is a bad thing, right? Men are bad. Using your strength to defend women, that's somehow, no. Hey, I found myself, by the way, back when I rode the subways two months ago. I don't ride the subways anymore because they're too dangerous. And if you have the means to avoid the subways, I urge you to not go on those subways anymore. Close proximity to too many maniacs, people not willing to help each other, but grabbing a phone and taking a video. So it was actually a couple of years ago. And I said, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. And that's offering up my seat to a woman. Now, why not, Greg? That's chivalrous. Well, I live in a I live in a multicultural situation here in New York. And I will offer my seat to an elderly woman or to a pregnant woman, but not to a woman, not just a woman. You gotta be a bit you gotta no. And I understand. I see it. I see it. They don't like that. Well, Maybe you should reevaluate some of the signals you've been giving out and some of the stuff you've been signing up for and some of this crap that AOC is talking about. As if patriarchy and men are inherently bad, especially white men, by the way. But the more I thought about it, you know what? I mean, like, who the hell am I to make that assumption that a woman is, what, is she weaker than me? Do I want to make that assumption? Maybe that would be offensive. What happened was I actually offended somebody by offering them my seat. And she said something kind of mean and kind of dismissive. And I sat back down. Okay, fine. And it was the last time I ever offered a woman a seat just for the sake that she's a woman. Now, I actually don't like that about me. I don't like that the environment did that to me. But it did. And uh, maybe I should reevaluate. Let me know. What do you think? Does that make sense? Hey, Richard is in the upstate region. The upstate region. Hello, Richard. Yeah, how are you? How you doing? All right, what's up? Yeah, I'm uh, holding on for Greg. That's me. Oh, Greg, listen, uh, I just had an idea. I think your mom and Sid's mom should co-host a show called Yin and Yang. Your mother is the like a uh, kind of, you know, the, the gentle voice, and Sid's mom. You can imagine Sid's mom, that creature in the White House. You know, yeah, I no, I don't think my mom's going to like that arrangement. <laughs> you saw how perturbed she was, and I'm her own son. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to put her with uh, Sid's mom. No disrespect to Sid's mom. She sounds like a great lady, and Sid's a great guy, but I don't No, No, interesting idea, but I don't think so. So she's pretty aggressive when it comes to these things, huh? One more thing. Uh, okay, yeah. Ray, Ray Liotta, this is one guy that aged very badly. I mean, I thought he was about 80 to tell you the truth. And I think one of the best scenes was uh, when Joe Pesci was saying, you think I'm funny? You think I'm funny how? I thought that was great, the way Ray Liotta uh, cracked up at the end. Yeah. Get the hell out of here, Tommy. (laughs) I had him. I had him. Watch out. You may fold under questioning, Henry. You're right about that. And you're also, quite frankly, I mean, you're right about the aging. I When I saw him at the movie The Identical, he was he was in that, and I saw a special screening of it, and he was actually there. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but I came face-to-face with him, and I did not recognize him. Let's see. This is in 2014. This is 
eight years ago, right? And um, so he was 59 years old, and I didn't recognize him. He's, you know, I don't want to say he aged very badly. I mean, he aged. He aged, and that happens to people, you know? It happens. It's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to you. It's happening right now as we speak. And uh, that's okay. That's okay. All right. Let's just see. We're done with her. We're done with um, her as an AOC. Oh, two years ago this week is George Floyd. George Floyd died. Tonight on the Newsmax show. um, And by the way, the video horrified me. Of course it did. And I'm going to put on a big capital B-U-T. But, but, after your emotional reaction, you know, we're a society of laws and procedures and due process. We're supposed to seek out the facts and not act emotionally, react emotionally. And then I thought, wow, there's a lot of things here that have been either not reported or misrepresented by the mainstream media. But in the urgency of the moment to even raise those issues, you were you are subjecting yourself to some risk. When we come back, all of the myths about George Floyd, we've touched on some, not all, so many, so many lies. And overall, it was a great big overreaction to that event. Nationwide, worldwide. Be back in a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, They're going to have a press conference in a little bit about uh, what happened in Texas. What the hell did happen in Texas? we got to find out about the police response, and it may have been delayed. It may have not been as aggressive as it should have been. Yes, I know they shot the guy, but 40 minutes may have gone by from when they actually arrived to when the guy gets shot. And all the kids, I believe, were killed in just one classroom. Now, uh, why were they waiting outside? I don't know. I got questions. I got questions. I have noticed that, uh, well, a couple of things have happened after we tried to cancel cops and say they're systemically racist and all that nonsense that took hold in 2020. And cops have had a tough time recovering, right? Cops are just trying to survive as departments want to cancel them, defund them. So they have not been able to focus on excellence, on getting better at their job, on just state-of-the-art technology and communication. No, it's all about just almost justifying their existence. We have mainstream politicians opposed to their very existence. We don't need cops. Hey, who's our, who are these these punks who become citywide office holders? What's the name of the controller? Remember how big these people once were? You know, there was Harrison Golden. Uh, there was even Liz Holtzman. And then we got a bunch of nobodies. I mean, Total nobody rejects. I think Alan Hevesy was the last guy who knew anything about the job or government, although things didn't work out in the long run for him. I often think about him. I wonder how he's doing. Alan Hevesy. He was going to be mayor. Remember him? He got arrested for corruption. He actually went to jail. But I know he tried to help his wife. Uh, that's a sad story. Sad. Um, who is the controller of the city of New York? Is it Brad Hoyleman, Heilman, or something like that. And this guy came out when he was running saying, no more cops, period. Get rid of cops. How's that for... So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm not letting them off the hook, but I need to know what the hell happened there. 
after Columbine, we had a big problem in Columbine. Those two shooters went on their rampage. Cops showed up, and then they waited for the county SWAT team to get there. We hear they have heavy weapons inside, so we have to wait for our heavy weapons. Not necessarily. You know, a one well-aimed bullet from a handgun, a thirty-eight caliber handgun, I don't care if the guy's armed to the teeth with body armor and all that stuff, you can kill somebody. And sometimes in policing, you have to kill somebody. And sometimes in policing, you have to incur a hell of a lot of risk. Now, I know they know that here in New York. In New York, from time to time, you got to get dirty. You got to you gotta grab somebody. Although we're moving away from that, right? Thank you very much, City Council. You grab somebody in the wrong way. You touch somebody in the wrong way, even as you're trying to possibly save somebody's life. You could be in trouble. The cop. It really is heinous and foolish but here we are and we are a heinous and foolish country right now um msnbc cut 51 go please there was no agenda from the president last night he was reacting as a human he was reacting out of grief he was reacting out of anger yes of course he called for americans what he called for for these shootings to stop and if that's something that the nation can't unite behind stopping School shootings. What can we do? Well, nobody likes school shootings, but how do you do it? And the stuff you're talking about with guns, it's it's such a dishonest conversation about guns. Some of the worst mass shootings took place not with rifles or AR-15s, but with handguns. Virginia Tech. Remember that in 2007? And oh, by the way, the shooter was non-white. You know, people like AOC, people like the le- on the left, Mika Brzezinski. Oh, talk about a faker. Look at this. Uh, Mika Brzezinski. You know who's to blame for this? Republicans. Republicans. Oh, those Republicans. Cut 56. I just wonder about the Republicans as they hear about this today, as they're approached about this. Will they cower from the cameras? <laughs> Wouldn't they want to step up and honor the dead and talk about the fact that we've got to find common ground to stop these massacres from happening? Why not try something different, even if you don't completely agree with it? Ted Cruz, Mitch McConnell, all the Republicans, the Republicans going to the NRA annual meeting. Will you really go there this weekend and not talk about it? Will you not talk about it? You won't even bring it up at your annual meeting on weapons? <laughs> Will you not talk about it? Will you not talk about psychotropic drugs, Mika Brzezinski? Hmm? All the drugs that kids are on that they weren't on that long ago? Drugs. Some of them prescribed. What about talking about that? Maybe your big-time pharmaceutical advertisers don't want you talking about it? Is that a reason why we never talk about it? And let's look at all the money that goes to not only Republicans, but Democrats from these big pharmaceutical companies. Is that why we don't talk about it? Oh, here's something. I'm hearing about the shooter, the alleged shooter in Texas. An 18 in high school. What do you think his big pastime is or was? Think. Smoking dope. Marijuana. You know, to take the edge off. To beat the anxiety. I'm telling you, man, that... We embraced it like a bunch of children. We never had a real conversation about that. There was never any study. It's not FDA approved. 
All these potheads running around telling me, oh, Greg, it's good for this. It's good for that. Oh, yeah? Well, why can't you get the FDA to do that? The FDA will take a an experimental vaccine even and give it a semi-stamp of approval. Why won't they deal with marijuana if it's as great as you guys tell me? Hmm? Now, I know there's that one guy in Brooklyn, he swears by it, and I give him a lot of latitude on this, the PTSD and whatnot. All right, here we go. Now, I hope these cops don't talk with the typical bureaucratic doublespeak that I've been hearing a lot out of government. Oh, here's the sound. Uh, They're just about to start the conference, the press conference in uh, Texas, and I hope we hear about the response. We have questions. They need to be answered. Did these guys go in early enough, aggressively enough? What about the parents who are urging them to go in? Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, there's a press conference going on right now. A uh, Texas State Trooper uh, speaking about the shooting. Let, I want to hear this. Go ahead. On Tuesday, May 24th at 11:28, suspect just west of here wrecks his vehicle, pickup truck that he took from his grandmother. He had just shot his grandmother in the face. She's alive. She's stable at this point. 1128, he's sitting there at the barge. He jumps out the passenger side of the truck. According to witnesses, he's got a long arm, rifle, and a bag. Later we find out it's ammunition. He walks around. He sees two witnesses at the funeral home across the street from where he wrecked. He engages and fires towards them. He continues walking. He continues walking towards the school. He climbs a fence. Now he's in the parking lot shooting at the school multiple times. 1140, he walks into the west side of Robb Elementary. According to reports, video we have obtained from outside, inside, and again, we're still combing through that, so bear with us. Multiple rounds, numerous rounds are discharged in the school. We're trying to do get a number. We're in the process of analyzing that video. Four minutes later, Local police departments, Uvalde Police Department, the Independent School District Police Department are inside, making entry. They hear gunfire, they take rounds, they move back, get cover. And during that time, they approach where the suspect is at. According to the information I have, he went in at 1140. He walks. And I'm at approximate 20 feet, 30 feet. He makes a right. He walks into the hallway. He makes a right. Walks another 20 feet. Turns left into a schoolroom, into a classroom. 
that has doors open in the middle. Officers are there, the initial officers, they receive gunfire. They don't make entry initially because of the gunfire they're receiving. But we have officers calling for additional resources. Everybody that's in the area, tactical teams. We need equipment, we need specialty equipment, we need body armor, we need precision riflemen, negotiators. So during that time that they're making those calls to bring in help to solve this problem and stop it immediately, they're also evacuating personnel, not say personnel, students, teachers. There's a lot going on, a lot complex situation. They're measuring, they're measuring. Approximately an hour later, U.S. Border Patrol tactical teams arrive. They make entry, shoot and kill the suspect. But you also had a Zavala County deputy and Uvalde Police Department that made entry and killed the suspect. Immediately, immediately, numerous officers, now it turns into a rescue operation. How do we save these children? How do we save these children? Some made it out. We don't have a hard number yet, but that was a goal. And then continuing making the area safe continued. A lot of moving parts afterwards. But during, they were taking gunfire, negotiations, and developing a team to make entry to stop them. I'll take a few questions. And, and again, look, I summary, one more thing I forgot to mention that, that I want to clear up that came out early on. It was reported that a school district police officer confronted the suspect that was making entry. Not accurate. He walked in unobstructed initially. So from the grandmother's house to the bar ditch to the school, into the school, he was not confronted by anybody. To clear the record on that. Four minutes later, law enforcement are coming in to solve this problem. Step on. So, just want to clear that up. That's very important. And again, this will happen as we move forward. So, thank you. I'll take a few questions. So, so right now, you know, during the investigation, it appears it was unlocked. So we're going to look at that and try to cooperate that as best as we can. I do that. Step me. Please, one at a time, and we'll address as many questions as we can. So let, let me finish this question. One at a time, announce your name, announce your network, okay? Be respectful, please. So, Josh, you know, thank you for the question. So right now, we have, it appears it was unlocked. Like I said, it goes back to the investigation. It takes time. Uh, we will find out as much as we can why it was unlocked, or maybe it was locked. But right now, it appears it was unlocked. So thank you.
Yes, sir. You say at one point he was inside here among the things you were attempting negotiation. Was he responding to negotiation and in that period of time was it so during that time, right now, according to the, the information we have, the, the majority of the gunfire was in the beginning. In the beginning. I say numerous, more than 25. I mean, it was a lot of gunfire in the beginning. During the negotiations, there wasn't much gunfire other than trying to keep the officers at bay. But that could change depending as once we analyze the video. But right now, according to the information, he did not respond. So at this time, no, no, there was not an officer readily available armed. No, no, no nothing. I can't answer that yet. I'll circle back with you again. As we do that investigation, we have all these questions we want to answer. So, but I'll, I'll get back with you, sir. Yeah. So you gotta understand, 11.30 is the information we have at this point that we can confirm. 11.30 a.m., the PD gets a, we got a crash and a man with a gun. And then you have responding officers. That's what it is. If it's 12 minutes from 11.30 to 11.40, that's the information we have right now. Look, at the end of the day, our job is to report the facts and have those answers. We're not there yet. Over here, over here. Say it again. So, so right now, the first 911 call is at 11, 11.30. I will get the time, what it took to respond. So we'll have that answer. Yes. Could, there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot, a lot of possibilities. Until, until, until we receive an interview, because there was numerous officers at that classroom, numerous. Once we interview all those officers, what they were thinking, what they did, why they did it, the video, the residual interviews, we'll have a better idea. Could anybody have got there sooner? You gotta understand, small town. Yeah, people from Eagle Pass, from Del Rio, Laredo, San Antonio, responding to a small community. That's a tough question. That's a tough question. Again, it goes back. Our job is to report the facts. Report the facts, and later we can answer those questions. I don't have enough information to answer that question just yet. So, one more, one more question, please. Is it, accurate, is it accurate that eyewitnesses and potentially parents of the students were urging uh, the police to go in while you were waiting for a tactical SWAT team, even that some parents were asking to borrow police armor so they could make a counter-assault on the school? I have heard that information, but we have not verified that yet. So, what, I, what part haven't you verified? We have not verified is that, is that a true statement or not. Or is it just rumor out there? So you got to understand, we're getting a lot of information. All right. Down. We need you to clarify it. 
There's something going on here. I don't like this chief. There's something going on. He is being evasive. He is hiding behind emotion. We are being screwed with. Now, his story is not adding up. There's no bigger supporter of law enforcement than me. But something is up. And I am, I've been around for a long time. I know when I'm being spun. I know when a bureaucratic, speaking bureaucratic language in an effort to confuse and water down and delay. And that's what's happening here. One hour went by. He said they were negotiating, but the shooter wasn't responding. What the hell kind of negotiation is that? It looks like they... Turn up the volume one more time. Shimon, we will we will circle back with you. We want to circle back. We want to give you the why. The Gensaki School of Communications. I'm taking all your questions. I'm taking them back to talk to the team. And uh, look, thank you for being here. Have a. We'll talk soon. You're on the run. They're hiding. They're hiding something. They're hiding. They are hiding. Not satisfied with those answers. Not satisfied with those answers at all. Very light on details. Contradictory. Doesn't seem to understand what the word negotiations means. All over the place. All over the place. Oh, there's so much information out there. There's so much information out there. There's so much information out there. Uh, We have not been able to verify that. What? I'm looking at video. I'm looking at video, and I'm looking at parents talking with your officers, arguing, begging for body armor. You haven't been able to hunt down that information yet? They do the same thing. Uh, we're working with our law enforcement partners from across the spectrum, and we will at this point have a further briefings. Yeah. I know when we're being screwed around with. Something doesn't make sense here. Something's up. Something is up. Did you hear what I heard? Did you hear? What do you think? I've been talking about this for a lot. Dale is in North Babylon. Yes. Hello? All right. Never mind. Uh, Douglas in Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, Hey, Greg. How you doing? Uh, Just very briefly. Uh, the cops have to make sure before they go in there, there's not going to be any friendly fire injuries or death. Oh, give me a break uh, with that crap. You got to go in fast. All right? I am sick and tired of this stuff. And, oh, by the way, when's the last time you saw a classroom without a window? When's the last time you saw a classroom without a window? So uh, it looks like the, cop, the cops went running out of the building. There was four minutes. It seems like they were in there. They heard gunshots, and then they left. They left. Now, what about going through, and they waited for the Border Patrol to come with their SWAT team, their heavy weapons. Now, do, <laughs> hey, by the way, friendly fire happens. It's one of the risks of the job. You know, you just don't make it totally perfect. These are not surgeons. These are not These are not doctors who go in and everything has to be perfect for them to make a surgical strike. It sounds nice, but it doesn't work. Douglas, we disagree. Christina in Maywood, New Jersey. Christina. Hey, Greg. I'm just listening to exactly what you're saying. You're 100% right. I'm listening to that officer, and I'm listening not knowing how you were going to react, 
And I'm sitting here in my car saying, that guy, there's something, there's something not right about this whole thing. The guy just walks into the school. An hour goes by before he's shot. The kids were sitting ducks in there. Absolutely. You know what? And the I'm idea that... I'm picking up my daughter at school right now. And they're, they're sitting... And, you know, when these... My argument and beef with these schools is that they've been doing for two to three years these lockdown practices in case of a shooter at school. And I'm so glad I got through to you because I'm so angry about this. The kids are taught to sit in a corner and be quiet and hide in the closet and shut the door. But that's what they're taught. Greg, they're sitting ducks. This needs to stop. The kids need to be taught to run and freaking scatter. Just go. You don't sit in a room all by yourself like that. You're just a sitting duck. Everything has to be reevaluated at this point. Everything. Everything. I, I just, when he said that they waited, and I took the way, where's that note there? We needed to make sure that we could get the negotiators from county, the body armor from county. We had to bring all that in. Oh, we were conducting an evacuation. Yes, that does make sense. Arrive. Look, they knew what classroom it was. How about sneaking up to the damn window? I know it sounds simplistic. I know how to do that. You know how to do that. Some of this stuff is pretty intuitive, by the way. It's pretty intuitive. We've made it so bloody sophisticated, complicated. You know, sometimes it takes a brave cop with a gun, a simple gun. I'm I, 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 appalled about the situation right now. I thought we'd have some clarity. We have confusion. I think they're confusing us on purpose, and they're very heavy with the emotion. And all the information, well, at this point, it's been over 24 hours. Synthesize that, that information. Anyway, Christine, I appreciate it. Best of luck to your child. Uh, there, you're picking her up at school. Uh, boy or girl? A boy. Every single day I listen to you. I, I'm an ABC listener for probably 20 years now. And I'm just on my daughter's 12, and um, she goes to Catholic school because I refuse to send her to the public school. But um, the way that they practice lockdowns, it's, it needs to be changed. Yes, yes. As I said, everything has to be reevaluated here. We can't let this one go. All right. Thank you, Christina, and thank you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I am, uh, I'm really a, a middle. I think he was deliberately confusing people and uh, delaying, holding back information because they want this thing. You know what's going to happen. People are going to lose interest and just walk off. People are just going to walk away, move on to something else, huh? Right? When's the last time anybody talked about Buffalo? Hmm? Uh, hey, by the way, can anybody name anybody who died in Buffalo? Right. Hey, neither can I, by the way. I'm not. But, and that's what I just saw from this uh, this cop. Delay. Confusing people on purpose and delaying. So interest will wane. One hour went by while they're calling around for this, that, and the other thing. I understand it's a small police department. I also understand that there were dozens of children in a classroom with a gunman. I understand uh, that you want backup. I also understand that time is of the essence and you go in. You don't screw around. <laughs> it, law enforcement, we respect law enforcement because these men and women don't have to do it. They don't. They do it. It's voluntary, and you can lose your life doing it. That's why we respect it. The part about losing your life, 
Yeah, that's real. That means you got to risk your life sometimes. And from what I heard there, I heard risk aversion was the mission. Get this, get that, get negotiators. This guy wasn't negotiating. He used the word negotiating two, two or three times. We're going to negotiate, negotiate. We got our negotiators, and then we were negotiating. I think he actually meant he was negotiating with county, not with this guy, because the shooter was not talking to them. That's one piece of information he seemed to um, mistakenly release. The sh- the neg- he's talking about negotiations, but the shooter isn't. T- you can't have one-sided negotiations. You can't have one person negotiating and the other person not even talking to you. That's not a negotiation. Something's up. Something's up. I got to pull this all together. I got to look at it harder. I got to make a few phone calls. I'll have much more on my Newsmax show tonight. I urge you to watch because, quite frankly, there are very few people in the world who are willing publicly to raise the questions that I am raising and I'm going to raise and I'm going to continue to raise. All right. Most of these people on television, media, print, whatever, they've never had their ass on the line. They've never actually been in harm's way. So they have to defer. They have to, oh, no, no, I could never, I could never. Or they're not going to at least tell you about it. So let me get uh, two calls, then I really do have to wrap up. Uh, uh, Liz is in Yonkers. Liz, hi. Uh, Hi. Um, I'm calling because I worked in a high school here in New York for 30 years. And um, this they wouldn't have ever gotten in the building. That's one thing. And when I hear all these shootings, I never hear about the school safety plan that every school is supposed to have. I never hear that the superintendent got fired or the person in charge of safety. Well, you know, you say you never hear about it. I mean, you know, granted, the drive-by media does very little follow-up. You can follow up. I'm sure there was a school safety plan. I'm quite frankly not interested in that yet. in Florida, there was an armed cop there, too. He didn't go in. Yeah, okay, Park. You're talking about you're talking about Parkland. Yes, I know. And that guy was fired. I heard recently he was rehired. Hey, look. You know, if you want to know this stuff, as I want to know, you got to take it upon yourself. You say you never hear about it. Well, if you rely on the drive-by media to tell you, you will be disappointed, and you'll never find out about it. We don't have to rely on them for anything. If you want to know something, though, you got to go find out about it. And um, thing me real quick, Liz, because I got to go. He shot it. He shot at two people outside of the funeral home. Yeah, that's nudist to me, by the way. I heard that. Right after the car crash, he shot at two people outside the, the funeral home. Um, and let's see here. What time did the cops actually arrive? 11.40, he enters the school, the shooter. 11.44, uh, they say Uvalde police enter the school. And then he gets very vague, and it sounds like they withdraw right away. Stay in there. We're not. It's very unclear. And I think he did that on purpose. Liz, thank you. Follow up, though. You got to follow up. It's time. It's time. All right, guys. Hey, Christine, I'm sorry. Hey, Christine, let me just say hi to Christine. Christine's one of our big listeners. Christine, the music's up. I got to go. But you doing well? Yes, we're doing okay. I think uh, sometimes the police should use their instinct first in situations like this. Uh, But I have the utmost respect for law enforcement. And have a safe trip to Florida, sir. (laughs) Thank you. And you know what? You're right about instincts. You can have bureaucrats. You can have plans. You can have procedures. But instincts, you can't put them out of the equation. Thank you. I'll see you tonight. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.